You're listening to the VoiceOver Hour podcast, brought to you by the VoiceOver Network, with special sponsors, Rode Microphones, Source Elements, Studio Bricks, and Focusrite. My name's Rachel Naylor, and I'm your host. The VoiceOver Hour podcast takes you behind the scenes in the voiceover industry, sharing stories, insights, and so much more. The VoiceOver Hour podcast will be dropping every Tuesday. It'll be up to an hour long, some interviews more, some less, and I'm going to be talking to wonderful experts in the voiceover industry who are going to share their stories as well as share information and advice for you. I started the VoiceOver Network five and a half years ago because I wanted to create a safe place for voiceover professionals to come together to help and support each other, to get the right information, and to strengthen this amazing industry we work in. The VoiceOver Network is a global community of voiceover professionals, and I'm so proud of what we've created. I want to empower you on your journey. This episode was recorded on the Roadcaster Pro Podcast Production Studio, the amazing all-in-one podcasting console from Rode Microphones. Hello and welcome to the VoiceOver Hour podcast. Now, we've got a very special guest for you today. It is the incredible, the amazing Mr. Tom Keegan. Now, Tom is a director of performance capture, uh, video games, films, and voiceovers. So Tom has worked on so many amazing video games, some of the biggest video games on the planet, including Battlefield series, uh, Wolfenstein 1, 2, and 3, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, Star Wars Battlefront 2, Dead Rising 3 and 4, Mirror's Edge Catalyst, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, Remastered, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, World of Warcraft, Legion, Transformers, Dark on the Moon, and many, many more. Plus, he also has uh, been known to teach workshops for the VoiceOver Network. So uh, welcome, Tom Keegan. Wow, I've been busy. Hi, Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, what an intro. Anyway, hi, here I am. Great to talk to you as always. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. It's it's great to have you. Great to be here for sure. Yeah, excellent, excellent. So, um, just yeah, for those listening, uh, yeah, Tom has, has had an amazing career. But how did you just fill us in on how you got started? How you kind of came into the industry? Well, I always was an actor, and um, um, you know, through actually through the whole day job thing, um, I had a had a job at a small animation company and through that um, I worked briefly at Hanna-Barbera in the early days of Cartoon Network and um, then I went over to Universal and through that I ended up getting a job in kids educational software as talent coordinator working on uh, Blaster, Math Blaster um, and Jumpstart and that turned into bigger and bigger games uh, in the early days. And then um, um, I worked on an American Idol game in about 2002. That was actually a dance game. And that's how I got in. I did one of the first motion capture 
games, and um, that's how I got into performance capture. So I do a lot of VL, but I'm kind of been veering more and more into performance capture, and um, I love it because it's kind of like theater, dance, voiceover, film, all kind of packed together. So explain to, to those listening. So so what is performance capture? Well, performance capture, probably a lot of listeners um, have seen some demonstration of in movies and games where people have the suit with the little reflective balls on them. So it's basically capturing data, capturing all the movement of an actor. And that's motion capture and then add on a separate face, kind of like an avatar, for example. Most people know about that. Add on a separate face cam and a microphone. So you're basically kind of like doing a play inside this suit. And then all that data is captured and turned into a moving figure, which is then, you know, filled in by artists afterwards um, into whatever they want to create, into fantasy characters into really amazing sets and backdrops and it's all done in this in something called a volume which is this kind of big room big empty room with a lot of motion capture cameras in it nice awesome yeah it's super fun it's really really fun my um i started out in theater and i did a lot of back in the day um i did my own thing uh with my partner now my husband who um we did a lot of kind of shows with stories and fairy tales and characters and movement, spray painting scenes. And we had our own like little theater troupe, early kind of queer theater troupe, uh, non-linear storytelling kind of performance art. And uh, it seems to be the perfect training. I mean, I, I did that for years and that seemed like the perfect training ground for working on games because it's non-linear storytelling, right? Mm. Yeah, which is, and I mean, the video game industry has has gone through like huge like changes, and it's so. I mean, there's so much happening. Huge right? changes, right? It's still somewhat generational. Like you know, older people. There are many older people who've never played one, mm -hmm. um, and I still sometimes at family reunions, I still get that question of of people say uh, the video games. You know that my my old New York relatives. Video games, they have actors in those. I thought it was animated. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's animated, but the you know the basic performance right comes from an actor. So, um, but it really when I started, it was really a kind of nerd-driven or kid. You know, it was the teenager in the mom's basement. But um, now it's really a form of pop culture that's very widespread and. As a friend of mine um, was saying to me, uh, he was coaching another actor and he works in video games a lot. And he was saying, hey, man, if you want to do really good roles, you got to get into games mm -hmm. because that's, you know, on TV, you're going to be playing a bartender. You're going to be playing a cop. You're going to be playing, you know, a regular guy. But in roles, you're going to in games, you're going to be playing a creature. You're going to be playing a killer. You're going to be, you know, you have a lot of really interesting roles. Yeah. So, um I think it it holds tremendous uh, potential, you know, tremendous possibilities for an actor. 
Definitely, definitely. And I mean, I, yeah, I, I've done, I've voiced uh, quite a few video games and we, we had the pleasure of working together on uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood, which was amazing. And I know, I know as a VO, but you, we haven't done performance capture together, which is, you know, would be <gasps> so fun. Yes, right? not yet. Yeah, yet. not so, yet. Yeah, not yes. yet. So, no. um, awesome. But, um, so what makes, what, what do you think makes a good um, performance capture actor? Well, um, you, I think if you have done theater, that really helps yeah. because it is physical. Um, I'm working, um, I'm working with somebody now who did a big movie and um, they're, they're young. They're just kind of starting out in their career, but a UK, originally a UK actor um, who did UK drama school. And they were saying what, like, um, wow, this is, this is work. This is really, you know, they're, they're enjoying it and really into it, but they were saying, this is work. And I'm like, yeah, that's why, you know, movie stars who don't audition, it's not that good for them because they don't realize, you know, you're going from one scene to another scene to another scene. You're not hanging around in your trailer. Mm. You know, you're in a suit with equipment on. So you have to be flexible, have stamina, you know, uh, a good voice, a good improviser. Often, you know, we're kind of, sometimes we're rewriting scenes in the moment, Um or sometimes the development team might change a scene all at once. But, um, you know, I think it's a flexible person, but a person with a good imagination also. So it's that combination of, you know, solid voice training, good physicality, flexibility, um, you know, playful, a playful person. Um, you know, it takes, you know, I, I think, um, you know, some of the uh, voiceover network people who've, taken some of my classes with you, you know, have gotten a taste of how flexible you need to be and how centered you need to be. I mean, even on Zoom, we do, you know, performance capture scenes, right? Where yeah. you you bring a physicality and some, some voice actors have gotten really used to, you know, I'm at the mic and, yeah. you know, I can make whatever face I want or I don't move at all. Um, mm -hmm. I'm just, you know, a head and a set of lungs. And um, then, it, then you know, sometimes it's very difficult when you, uh, you know, suddenly you, you, you're out in space. Yeah. <laughs> you're out in space in a body. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't have that, you don't have that mic and you don't have headphones on where you're hearing yourself, you know. Yeah. Um, it can be very challenging. Right now, of course, right, this is, what, December 2020, right? We're in the midst of the pandemic. And yeah. just the other day, um, I did an on-set rehearsal with a group of actors, only one of whom had done performance capture. And these are people who've done voiceover and film. But um, we're in a big padded room where, a, a, and a lot of times the rooms are really soundproof. So you're talking, you're not getting any feedback from the walls. Mm -hmm. um, so your voice has to be really placed and you're wearing a mask and... You know, it was like performing, directing, acting through a cotton ball, wow. you know, and very challenging to really, you know, stay centered in your body, you know, stay centered in your voice, not push, um, you know, keep the intention really clear because the, the tendency, and I've just kind of discovered this recently as I've been studying more about voice, um, 
is that in rooms that are made to be soundproof, you're not getting the reflective sound back. Mm -hmm. And so there is a tendency to push because you're not, you're not hearing it come back. And so it's just, you know, it's getting into that, you know, just talking a little bit above, which mm. you know how to do it is sometimes important. You have to have that little bit of cricoid tilt, a little bit of belt there. Yeah. And speaking, you know, speaking here, hey, Joe. But if you just get stuck in that. Yeah. Um, or you get stuck in this kind of stiff folds thing, you know, with a lot of air. Uh, it, that's not good either. You need a solid, you know, you need solid waveforms without a lot of noise for a game. That's what the, yeah. the audio directors really like. So. Um, really, it's you know having a good instrument that you can work with yeah. on demand, right? Definitely, definitely. And I, Walk and I, talk and chew gum. That's it, and and it's the the imagination having you know your imagination. I think that's really key in video games, and you know even you know for voiceover when you're doing voiceover in video games, you really have to because you're you're in there and you're you're improvising, you're in character, but you're you have the script, and it's the first time you've seen the lines, so you're sight reading in character so uh, but you have to really immerse yourself I, i've found in that world yeah for vo um, most of the time you don't get your script in advance although i i try to send one the night before but i always tell actors you know um any, what whatever you know about the character make a basket of choices come to the session with a few choices about the character a few mm -hmm. actions or images about the character but be super flexible in case it's not what you imagine, because a lot of times there's really high security around games. Yes, and so and you're not, APAs. yes. And you know, you may not be getting any information about what the scene is. So you might, you know, you, your technique has to be solid so that, you know, you're not just pulling stuff out. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're not just pulling out cliche after cliche that you're actually doing the work mm. with the circumstances yeah right so that's yeah. as you know that's another thing i focus on in my classes is like how to take when they say oh can it be a bit louder you know she's like my, my famous example is early on in my career i was i was helping a producer insisted on directing and had no really theatrical background and often you will get that and this is the direction he gave the actor it's like you're it's like you're standing around by a big vase you know, so I want that sound like you're standing around waiting, you're, you're waiting by a big vase. And so it should have that sound like, you know, waiting around by a big vase. And that actor goes, oh, okay. <laughs> right. But how do you, <laughs> what, what, what kind of a choice, what kind of an action do you quickly translate that into? So you're, you're not just throwing stuff like, against the wall right or what kind of question do you ask as a follow-up you know what am i waiting for or who am i waiting for or or what do i need to why am i waiting there what do i need to get from the person i'm waiting for yeah right uh, to, just to ask a question or make a choice let's see well what would i need to get mm. if i was waiting around by a big vase <laughs> yeah <laughs> but then what are the circumstances right if there has yeah. there just been an attack um do i have inside info about the you know the treasure uh that we need mm -hmm. to get you know a lot of times in a game you either have to you know a character has to say look over there that looks bad or there might be treasure over there or you've only got four golden goblets and you need seven 
Um, yeah. Or, um, you know, there's there's danger. Someone needs to be defended or, um, you know, want to be on my team, want to partner with me on my squad. Right. And so if you know a little bit about games, I think those are some things that can help you with the choices that you're going to go in with. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, we just, it's confidence, isn't it? As an actor, being confident enough to listen to your intuition and make choices. Because if you don't make yeah. a choice, then you're not quite sure where you are. And that, you can hear that, can't you, in a voice? Yeah, that's, how, yeah, that's really important. And it's, um, part of that is, and we all go into these situations with that. And I think it just adds unnecessary tension is you're hoping to be hired again, right? Mm. Um, you go into the thing and you're like, God, I hope they like me and I hope they bring me back. I hope they hire me again. Um, but the way to get hired again is to do a good job, Yeah. you know, and, and, you know, be yourself and make a connection with the people you're working with. Yeah. Just like anything, you know, people, people want to work with people they feel a connection with. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, the number one thing is a reliable performer who listens and, you know, does the work and knows how to do the work. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And so, um, and in terms of kind of castings, so will you take us through like a, just a, just for the listeners, like a, an average casting, like how do you cast your projects? What, what, how, how does that look? Well, there's two phases. Um, one, the first phase is generally uh, pre-screening. I work with a casting director, Emily Schweber, here in LA. I've worked with several in London. I've worked with the Hubbards, Amy Hubbard and Dan Hubbard. Yeah. Um, and I give them, you know, a breakdown and um, they send it out to agents and, and or, or sometimes they'll send it out more widely if there's a unique need. I mean, a lot of times there's, you know, very interesting needs. We need a, you know, an 80 year old grandmother who speaks Polish um, you know, um, I need, uh, a 29 year old woman who, um, speaks German, English and Polish. I need French speakers. I need, you know, whatever yeah. it is. Um, I need a Serbian. Um, so depending on, you know, how many people there are and, um, <clears throat> they'll do pre-screens and they'll sort of sort out the pre-screens and show me a wide variety and then I'll usually look at that. I mean, it's on camera, on camera auditions yeah. for performance capture because performance capture is not just the voice. It's also how are they moving, yeah. you know, and sometimes it will require a web, you know, small movement section where I'll ask for an improv with a weapon. Sometimes it's just like a paper towel roll or lightsaber, you know, something, a, a sort of a broomstick that can be used as a lightsaber or, um, plastic weapon of some toy weapon of some kind, but you know, uh, can they, if they have to play, play a soldier or a Jedi, you know, can they realistically handle that? And then, um, um, then they will most of the time have a live audition with me. Now during COVID we're doing them over zoom, but in non COVID times we do them in person. And then, um, um, you know, then then we'll cast the person, and then we have rehearsals and and a shoot for a VO. Uh, generally, I send out to agents or the usual VO pipeline. People send in stuff, and then I'll either have a casting director kind of uh, 
leave it out for me or I'll listen to every single audition. Sometimes, you know, quite a few for a role. Um, so, uh, you know, that's how it goes. But, um, you know, again, if I, you know, if I know a reliable person who is really good and they, um, they like the role, the end of the day though, in a game, it's the game team in collaboration with me that, that decides on who gets the role. Because in a way, I'm like the actor whisperer. I'm the jobber that helps the game team realize their vision. Yeah. You know, I mean, early on, I had to kind of come to terms with that. It's not just, you know, I have to bring in my vision, but it's not just my vision. It's someone else's baby. They've been working on this thing for a year, two years, sometimes three years. Mm. And it they, the game team, has a certain kind of ownership and vision of it. And it's my job to help them fulfill that vision and maybe maybe stretch the vision a little bit. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and so what what is it, what do you love about your job? <laughs> um, you know, it's play. Mm. It really is like play. Um, um, of course, I love working with actors. I love, I call that a school play day. Any day... I get to work on work with actors or work on something that has a script or costumes or a story or anything yeah. like that. I call a school play day because that was my favorite day as a kid. Oh, and so yeah. any day that's a school play day is a wonderful day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I, I just love I I love people. I'm a you know I'm a people person. I love. I love working with people. I love talking. I love telling funny stories. I love joking around. I love, you know, I love all actory kind of things. And yeah. um, I think actors are the just the most wonderful, bravest, most imagin imaginative people there are. And, uh, you know, I, I know I was an actor. I, I still am at heart in some way. But the, you know, the ability to just keep doing it, whether you get paid or not, you know, you love it so much that you just can't do anything else. Mm, it's a calling, actually. You it know. is a calling. It's a wonderful, I mean, a wonderful calling. And, um, um, you know, people, you know, just think about our world. People are watching things and listening to things mm. and hearing things and going to see things. And what would a world without actors be, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and then to stay and to stay in touch with your emotions. Yes. You know, you have to be you have to be willing to you, you can't have them bottled up all day and then just turn it on when you go to act, right? Mm. You have to be letting yourself feel um I was working on something uh, something I'm working on but uh, a couple of weeks ago and um we were having terrible technical difficulties on the shoot. And um, the producer had asked me and had said, uh, I, you know, I, I would love your patience uh, this week. Um, please, you know, there's going to be, it's very technically demanding and there's new technology and there might be a lot of waiting around. I was like, done. I hear you. I've got, you know, got it. And first few days I was very patient. But by the second day I was like, oh, again, like, you know, long we're just getting started with the scene now we have to w wait like an hour like while they're fixing things and feeling frustrated and i realized that i was 
I was staying calm, but I was absorbing all the frustration in my body because I wasn't allowing myself to feel it. Mm. And there's a difference between acting it out or, you know, communicating it and, and just letting yourself feel it. And I was like, I've, if I'm feeling frustrated, I've got to let myself feel it and breathe with it. Yeah. You know, so I was sitting there in my director's chair and I was just like, it's okay. You know, um, they're trying hard, but it's okay for you to be frustrated. You know, just feel it and breathe with it and make space for it in your body. And it was super helpful. But I think actors, you know, always have to be, you know, as actors, directors, whatever, we have to be in touch with, with how we feel. Otherwise, how can we bring it to life on demand, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You have to it's be challenging. able to tap into that that emotion to make it make it authentic make it real um otherwise it's it, yeah. it's false it's yeah. just pretending whereas it needs to and i think that's the thing you know especially in your workshops it's about you know real real feelings real emotions real really being there and, and it's about connecting yourself. right and you connecting. can't there we go if yeah. you're not connecting you can't just suddenly start connecting no right yeah. you have to you're you're connecting you're connecting muscles have to be primed yeah and there's vulnerability that has to happen yeah when you're really you know and, and you see that you know with great actors that that they they're you know on screen and in, in, in video games but in, in, on films it's they're opening yeah. themselves up and that's that's when it's magical isn't it they're being vulnerable on stage, and they're, yeah. they're letting you yeah. in they're letting us in to feel the emotion with them yeah yeah, and they're or they're letting us see, um, you know, kind of behind the curtain. Like I love the the method acting private moment exercise. Yes, because um, you know that's a that that's an exercise. So in in case the listener doesn't know what it is in in the me in method acting private moment exercise is an exercise where you either just sit or you do an action in front of. It's usually done in class. Um, but it's a good translation for when you're working, but you, you let, you let yourself be seen in public as you would be seen in private, your most private uncensored moments when you're alone at home, you know, can you, can you enter that space where you're, you're not self-conscious at all mm -hmm. and you're allowing the behavior that you would do when you're alone, when you're completely alone, to be witnessed by another person. Mm. And it's, you know, to do it well is is really challenging. And you and you have to let go of any actory things, you know, mm. any self any self-conscious things. You just allow yourself to be comfortable opening yourself up. And so it, it's not just about allowing yourself to be seen crying or 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 in a rage or whatever it's about even letting just those small things where you scratch yourself or you you know you you don't have to look pretty um and that sucking is your stomach in you know <laughs> yes or yeah. sucking your stomach in i know right <laughs> but yeah absolutely oh absolutely i know i know um <laughs> so you know i it's it's definitely, uh, it's a skill, right? Mm, Wouldn't you say? Definitely. It's a skill. It is yeah. a skill. It is a skill. This podcast is sponsored by Focusrite. 
Focusrite's range of Scarlett Audio interfaces has already helped make more recordings than any other interface in history. And with the third generation, you'll sound better than ever. The Scarlet is enabling millions of voiceover artists, musicians, podcasters, and content producers to record, mix, and playback audio in studio quality everywhere, all the time. Find out more at focusrite.com. How, how important um, would you say networking is in, in the video game world, in the performance capture world? Well, I think, you know, well, what do you, what do you, how do you define networking? Networking to me is connecting with other people in the industry and, you know, yeah. So networking is going and, and, and doing workshops or, you know, getting on social media, contacting people, connecting with people and, and, and yeah, on, on, a, yeah. on a level that's not, not just in a work environment. It's, it's connecting with people out, outside of the kind of employment. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's, yeah. yeah. You know what? I think the key word is connecting with people. Yes. Because, yeah. you know, networking has become kind of a verb. And yes. I hate when I'm being networked. Yes. You know, when someone's, you know, yeah. brushing up against me. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, wanting something. Shoving their, their business card. job. In yeah, or whatever. Or, yeah. Um, but it's. It's if someone has something to tell me or something to share, or um, we have a connection, or they're just saying hi. Mm. Um, you know, I think that's that's very important. Yeah, staying on your on on a radar. Mm. Um, and making you know, friends because some, people yeah, making people friends. Do the, they do the networking thing. It's like okay, I'm just trying to get as many business cards and just trying to kind of you know get work. And and what I say to people about networking is it it's not about you, it's about them. And if you can go into a networking scenario and you go and and if you can help other people, you can offer them something. You know, ask questions, be of service to other people. That's that's when it it works well. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But it's also being sensitive to what their needs are. It's even asking the question like, "What do you need? What are you looking for? Mm. Um, hey, what are you working on? Um, what, what, you know, what kind of be? Are you casting something? Uh, what kind yeah. of people are you looking? You know, just asking the question. Yeah. What do they need? Um, you know, instead of you know, sometimes I have actors call me up or send me something, and and if I don't respond, and then they get really aggressive, like. Hey, I've sent you four emails. Why haven't you gotten back to me? It's like I got, you know, hundreds of emails a day and many of them are from people who are already paying me. I've got to answer those. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, sometimes the answer is no. <laughs> mm, yeah, and, and sometimes it's it's just because I think, you know, I, I, I speak to voiceover artists who, who say the similar thing to me about, I, I contacted this casting director, I've, I've contacted them, you know, four times and they haven't booked me. Um, and, and I say, but they may not have had, they may not have anything that suits you. So yeah. don't if just I've, take it. That yes, I know. If I've, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's really paying attention to when you have a connection with someone. Like, where, mm. you know, I think that's a skill in life. Where are your connections? Yeah. Who do you feel like you connected with? Mm. What are they working on? Um, you know, if you really think about some of the opportunities that have opened up, it's kind of following the doors that are open. Yes. Uh, that open easily, that open naturally. Some people are not inclined to net you know i'm putting air quotes around network yes right they're not comfortable yeah. they're 
it's awkward for them to reach out, but still they feel a connection with somebody. Mm. You know, you feel a simpatico feeling with certain people or um, especially if you've worked with somebody or you had a good audition and you felt like we connected. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes I meet somebody in an audition and we really connected and it went really well. And I don't have anything for them for a couple of years. And then mm. I'm like, I remember them. I'll still yeah. remember them if we connected, right? And I'll go like, what was that person? Who was that person? Where? And, and I always say to people, have an airport, have a landing strip. That means a website, mm. your contact info on IMDb, yeah. a social networking profile. Like, where are you if I'm yeah. looking yeah. for you? If I want to come to your airport, do you have a beacon out there? Because I've hunted. I have literally hunted for weeks for people. Wow. I'm not kidding you. Wow. And I, or they auditioned for me through their agent. And I don't know, I, I want to see more of their work. You know, I want to know this wasn't quite exactly what I was looking for, but I'm intrigued by them. What else have they done, right? Mm. There was this woman that was in something recently and um, yeah, she had an agent, but I went on a hunt for anything about her. I couldn't find anything. And I told her that and she got the gig, but I couldn't find anything. And I said to her, hey, just FYI, I really looked for information on you, more material on you. I love your work. You really should at least have a contact on IMDb. Mm. I mean, at the very least. Yeah. Um, and she was like, she just said, thank you so much. But it's also people who, like I had an actor, an actor named Sambashoot, I'll just say his name. And he came in to audition for me for something. And he had looked me up and he had found out about a film I made about artists and HIV and AIDS in India, a documentary. And he looked up the film and he came in at the end of the audition. He said, hey, I looked up your film and I want you to know I was really moved by by it. And um, I uh, I also spent a year working in a village in Africa. He actually had grown up in Africa, but he said um, I, I spent a year working with uh, villagers in Africa doing theater about HIV and AIDS and HIV and AIDS prevention. And I was like, wow, this person, you know, connected with me mm. I, I, in, a, in a way that was real. I was like very impressed. He didn't get the role. He came in, auditioned for something else, got a small role. I brought him in. I started bringing him in for things also because he was a lovely person. I, he ended up also being a translator for me on um, bat, for Battlefield 5. We had a French West African tirailleur section and... Another thing, like I hunted all over. I was like, where can I find a West African French speaker, actor who maybe writes or whatever, because I needed a voice. I, I needed a, you know, a, a translator, voice, voice coach between me and the actors, not mm -hmm. someone who could take notes. I couldn't find anyone. I was going to hire this French guy who was, when I told him it was West African French, he was like, ew. And then I realized I knew this person who I think he had told me his mother spoke French and he turned, it turned out to be Samba. And in fact, his grandfather was Tirailleur and I hired him. He came and came to Sweden with me, was the 
advisor and the language advisor and the coach on the project was phenomenal. Wow. And then he ended up breaking through and he was on a TV series called Sunnyside as a major character in the U.S. And yeah. it, it's just amazing to see somebody. But he connected. Mm. He connected. Yeah, Another so actor genuine. that I worked with, David Harewood, who um, was on a British actor who mm. um, is on uh, Supergirl, yeah. a very big role is now directing on that. But he came in to an audition with me and I didn't know him because it was even before he had been on Homeland. But uh, I think UK people knew mm. him and I was auditioning in London. And he came in, came in with his bicycle, came in and said, hey, man, what are we doing? Let's let's you know, what do you want to try? Let's try something. He had such confidence mm. and it wasn't bullshit confidence. It was like he was confident in himself. And he said, let's play, you know, let's try some things. What, what are you thinking? Here's what I'm thinking. You know, give me some things to try. Let's explore this. It was so refreshing. He didn't come in all like, hi, hi, uh, 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 I really want the job. You know, mm. he came in ready to work. Yeah. Yeah. And to play. And to play. Yeah. Yes. And to yeah. play and, and try something. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. And um, do you have um, do you have a favorite video game that you've either worked on or that you've played? Uh, I'll just <laughs> say one that I my fa my favorite series and uh, apologies to I love everything I work on, but yes. but the Wolfenstein series are yes. my absolute favorites because the writing, the characters are so outrageous mm. and the development team is so wonderful the people at machine games are so wonderful and creative and and willing to let me play demanding but willing to let me play and it, it just the story is so outrageous mm. and yet very very emotionally grounded and um i absolutely love working on um those projects um, and it's a small team. Uh, it's not overly corporate. It's it's a small team, and they have a lot of leeway to from their publisher. So um, it's yeah. kind of my favorite. Um, I everything I've worked on though has been um, wonderful. Mm. And every you know people people know a lot of cliches about video game people, but it's. Uh, the people who work in video games are so creative and mm. so talented and making a video game is so hard it yeah. takes so many people it's it, it makes making a film seem easy mm. i'm like only 90 minutes two hours of cinematics with you know any <laughs> you're able to cut and do and angles, the story starts and here and ends there and yeah and then you don't have to worry about the technology you yeah. know and um yeah and, and creating interactivity and giving them giving the viewer a choice snap mm. <laughs> games <laughs> games are so hard but it's so exciting and the people who work in them it's it's international and it's some of the as somebody said to me, oh, it's like working with excellence on such a high level from so many people. And mm. it's so true. It's so true. Definitely. I think I think also the video game industry, like people don't just go into video, you know, people who work in the video game industry love it. So I think there's a real yes. level of like passion in video games. Yes. Oh, it's so true. Everyone who works in video games is, is there yeah. because they love it. 
Um, yeah. Yeah which, yeah, is, which is wonderful to be around. I think it's very, very special. Yeah, yeah. It's um, and it it it's there's also um, it builds community. Video games build com mm. can build community in a yeah. certain way among players, and um, so it's very exciting. Um, you know, I look forward to seeing where the technology goes, and video games have been able to sustain through the pandemic. Yes. So, um, um, yep. but it's it's super fun and um, great fun to play with actors in the video game space. Really great fun. Awesome. And then just um, in terms of challenges, um, will you share a challenge that, that you've had in your career and how you overcame it? I think the biggest challenge um, for me has been feeling like I didn't belong. Mm. I didn't grow up with video games. I'm a gay yeah. man. I'm a little bit older. And feeling like, what am I doing in this, like, always felt like a boy's world. I, I think a lot of women and female players kind of feel that too, like it's a boy's, feels like a boy's world. Mm. Um, like, what am I doing in this world? Do I, do I fit? Do I belong? Um, and um, the thing for me is just focusing on the work, yeah. you know, like, let's just do the work. Um, sometimes, you know, you know, it's like when, when my ego gets in the way, it's really mm -hmm. the ego, right? The, the ego is not only thinking I'm the greatest and only I know and you don't know, mm. and is the grandiose side. And there's also the small side, like I'm nobody, I'm nothing, I have nothing to contribute, who am I? I'm a fraud, right? That's the ego too. Yeah. And the thing is to step into the larger self and go, life itself is created me and created all these people and life itself has brought us together and life itself will carry it forward. Yeah. And, you know, let go and don't, don't have to be anybody. Mm. You know, I say, come on, Tom. You don't have to be anybody wherever, wherever the best idea comes from, it's life itself. And that's you, that's another, that's a reflection of me that looks like another person, but it's actually just another aspect of me who is created by life itself, right? So um, it's like, get out of the way and, and, and let it be. If you're here, you're here for a reason. Mm. You belong here. And... Um, I just love the work, you know, yeah. I have a passion for the work and I love doing the work. And I told my daughter that, you know, whatever it is you want to be, she's 21 in life. It's like, make sure it's something you love doing because you're going to be spending a lot of time doing it. Absolutely. That's going to be your life, you know? Yeah. And so if you love the work, keep loving doing the work. Mm. Even when it's challenging, that's part of it, right? How are we going to solve this puzzle? Yeah. Uh, you know, I've ha I have a, I'm, I'm going to be next week working on a big battle scene with something. And it's like, oh, it's so complicated. And, um, and I'm like, you know what? Accept the challenge. How, yeah. how, how am I going to get the good values within this kind of battle scene? Mm. Uh, great challenge, right? How can yeah. I drill down and pay attention to it? Uh, you know, it's a good challenge, right? It's like, yeah. 
challenges sometimes feel like the things we don't want to do. And the other the other day I was in a meeting and somebody said, oh, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to clean my house either, mm-hmm. but it's a good challenge. And when I do it, I feel so good, right? Yeah. When I conquer it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's, I don't want to do my taxes, yeah. but when I get them done, yeah. I feel good, right? Definitely. Definitely. I want to exercise. <laughs> but yeah. I think I think the magic. I was I was recently talking about resistance and how actually in life, yeah. you know, we can we can we can go back to, all, like the most magical times in our lives usually come from resistance. Something you know, some some sort of resistance. And and this year with the pandemic, you know, everyone has been put under this resistance, and some beautiful things have come out of this year. People have have awakened. People have changed their lives. They've They've created things. They've been creative. They've they've been helpful. They've done wonderful things in their communities, and I think, yeah, I think that's that's magical. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about um, the other day. Uh, there was a certain point when I was working for the company, the big game company, and I had a position on you know on the inside. Yeah. Um, and um, the company was kind of falling apart, and it was about to be acquired by another big company, and. Um, um that my boss said to me can you prove your value to the company and i did all these spreadsheets and all this analysis and um and i proved that i was six times as valuable as paying an outside you know contractor to do it and my boss called me up and said good news you can keep your job and my heart sank and i knew I, I knew it was time to make a leap and I had been wanting to start my own thing. And mm. he said, and I just, I didn't breathe. And I thought, oh, this is the moment. And then he, I said, or, and it was just that word that I opened a little door. I just said, or, and my boss went, or you could get a package because we're giving them, they were laying off a lot of people too. I said, I said, okay, tell me more. And I ended up, I got six months. I ended up making my documentary and I ended up starting my company. And when I opened that door, amazingly, the people from the people who are now machine games were working with another company. They called me up and they said, we're going to do this project. It's not with the people you're working with. And it's going to be this thing. We're going to be doing mocap and voice. We're calling it vocap would you be interested? And I was like, yes. And I happened to be leaving. I just had said I was leaving, but I opened the door. Yeah. I took the leap, you know? Did I crash land? I did the gig and then I crash landed after that, but I kept going. Mm. You know, I just picked up, I kept going. And that's what it takes, right? Yeah. You, you take a risk and you might fall down, but yeah. you get back up, yes. right? And yeah. we've done it a million times. We did it as toddlers, we can do it now. Absolutely. I love that. What a wonderful, wonderful story to, to share with everyone. Thank you. And well, just, just, to, just yes. to finish this off, last question. Um, this is a question I always ask. Uh, what would you, what advice would you, uh, well, what would you say to it, to young Tom Keegan? What advice would oh, you boy. give to wow. young Tom Keegan? I would just say stick with it, you know, keep going, but stick with it. Yeah. You know, if you have an interest, stick with it. You yeah. know, there's something to be said for being around and people getting to know you. I tell that to to young people. I had a I had lunch with a composer. This was right before the pandemic, and he said, um, 
he said, oh, I feel like I'm not getting anywhere in my career, my video game career. He does, he does some, you know. I'm like, well, man, you know, I didn't break through until I was in my 40s. You know, how old are you? And he's like, well, I'm 38. I was like, well, you got time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Keep going because there's something to be said for being around and sticking around. Yeah. yeah. You know, we see it with voice actors. We see it with agents. Mm -hmm. We see it with actors. It's like you ripen. You stay in the game. Yeah. You stay there and people see you. It, you may be that person who gets a breakthrough when you're young. Then you have other issues. But... Mm -hmm. Just keep going, you know, yeah. keep working on your craft and keep going. And people see your name, they see you, it's over time, mm. right? And if you're, you know, if you're doing, if you have the day job thing, you're doing a job, find something creative, find, do creative things that help keep your creativity and your connection alive. Because that's what we were saying, right? You can't mm. shut it off and then just turn it right back on again. It's, yeah. it's harder to. So find ways, you know, animals children you know community service those you know those are ways to stay connected yeah right definitely stay connected that's nice. my advice stay connected oh wonderful yeah. advice thank you so much tom thank it's you rachel i love you and i, oh, love, I love the voiceover too. network and i'm so glad you know hello to all the listeners and and hang in there and stay connected everybody yeah. Have a wonderful, it's holiday time, so have a wonderful holiday. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been an honor. And um, yeah, you're, you're just amazing. So love you, Tom. Brilliant. Love you too. All right, Rachel. Take care, everybody. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the VoiceOver Hour podcast, brought to you by the VoiceOver Network, with special sponsors, Rode Microphones, Source Elements, Studio Bricks and Focusrite. The Buzz magazine is actually the only magazine in the world dedicated to the voiceover industry. It's available globally, in print and online, and in English and Spanish. It's a quarterly magazine and it's filled with reviews, interviews, stories, up-to-date information. The Buzz magazine is a wonderful platform that builds bridges for voiceover communities around the world to come together to share relevant information. And I'm incredibly proud of it. My name's Rachel Naylor. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you check out our next episode where we bring you more behind the scenes stories in the voiceover industry. listening to a podcast company podcast. This was made by Podcast Syndicator, where we help you go from start to grow to making money with your podcast. Let us help you share your message and your voice with the world. Reach out now, Jason at podcastsyndicator.com or Brett at podcastsyndicator.com to find out more. Thank you for listening and do come back to hear nothing but the best podcasts.